Well, I was, I'm glad to see so many people here this morning. That's, that's always a good thing. If you've got people in the Lord's house, and this seems really loud, Brianna. <laughs> I think they're fixing it. Yeah, I was telling the truth to Darwin when I didn't really know what I was going to say. I kind of know what I want to say, but I don't really know how to say it. Uh, I don't know if you would call this a sermon or more like a lecture or more like just some thoughts, some verbal garbage. I don't know what I don't know what you call it. Uh, I'm going to try to make it make sense the best the best that I can. Uh, but before we go any further, I just want to I want to open up with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you today, God, and we're thankful, God, that you've allowed us to be in your house. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. God, we thank you that you're always on time, God, that although it may not fit our time schedule, God, that you're always on time and that your will's always going to be done, God. Lord, I pray for this service, God. I pray that you just come into this place, Lord, and I pray that you make yourself known. Lord, I pray that those who are struggling, those that need you, God, I pray that you show themselves to and, and show yourself strong on our behalf. Lord, this is not by me, but it's only by you. I pray that you speak to me and you speak through me. We thank you and we love you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, I want all the kids that are still in high school to stand up. Just not going to make you do anything. Just want you to stand up. If you're still in high school, stand up. If you're in elementary too, all, all kids, K through 12. I see a couple setters. So we got we got a bunch of we got a bunch of youth here, and uh, a bunch of young y'all can sit down now. There's a bunch of youth here, and there's some in the back working our sound system. And man, our our youth is so important. And uh, you know, thinking about that, I don't think that we realize as adults, and I'm kind of a hybrid adult because I'm still. Young enough, I can relate to some kids, but I'm old enough that I should be more mature than what I am. <laughs> so I'm like a hybrid. But I don't think we realize all the, all the temptation and all the bad stuff our kids go through. And I wanted them to stand up because I wanted everybody to realize, wow, there's, there's a lot of youth here. There's a lot of, there's a lot of young people here. There's a lot of people that's going to that's gonna have to fight some battles. And they're going to fight battles that... Some of us never had to fight before. And man, our kids are worth, they're worth fighting for. And when, you, when I look at these kids and I know that some of the stuff they're struggling with, I feel like parents and I feel like society, we just, we don't have a clue, but we're not being very good leaders. And I'm not talking about anybody here. I'm talking about society in general. I'm talking about the church in general. I, it don't seem like we're just forging the path for our youth very well. And I think that if we just had a clue what they were going through or some of the stuff they were seeing every day, it would make our heads spin. And, you know, I'm a big anti-cell phone human being. I mean, I stay on it way too much myself, so this comes from a place of conviction. But I hate, I hate cell phones, and I, I honestly think they're going to send more people to hell than any other human-made human, human made device in, in human history. And we don't like to say we worship them, but people worship them. They spend every waking moment on them. And 
man, if, 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 if the parents just in here and the grandparents knew what their kid was looking at on their phone screen, it would make your head spin. And I'm not saying any kid here is out to look at wrong things. I'm just saying the things that kids have access to on cell phones is absolutely insane. And, I, and I, can speak, I can speak from a place of conviction that a cell phone has not helped me spiritually at all. And in fact, it's probably set me back a little bit in my spiritual walk with God. It's because it, it has an access to so much information. It has access to all these different things that are all negative. Right. And all the information that you get from a cell phone is from a biased worldly view. It ain't from Christian. It ain't, it ain't from God and Man, I see these kids and I see, man, they're worth fighting for. Amen. These kids are worth fighting for. And as, as parents, as Christians, as, as a person in this church that, that sees our youth, that's passionate about seeing our youth grow in, in their walk with God, I see the temptations and I see everything that the cell phone's going to and I see, that, I see everything that's going on and I think, man, we've got, as parents, as leaders, we have to fight for our kids. We have to show them what loving God really looks like. That loving God is more than just coming to church. Loving God is more than just having a Bible app on your phone. Loving God, it's something that it's how you treat other people. That it's a lot more than just showing up here. It's a lot more than just praise and worship. It's a lot more than just making your face known at the big public events. But man, loving God, our kids should see us love God in a way that makes them want to love God. That, that my dad and my mom, they know something that I don't. And when, and when I see my mom studying her Bible, it makes me want to study my Bible. When I walk in and she says she's been studying her Bible for two or three hours, it makes me want to study my Bible. And our kids should see that. And, and our kids should see our fruits. See our fruits. The Bible talks so much about bearing good fruit, bearing bad fruit. And I'm not the best at bearing good fruit. I can, I can tell you that. But as a Christian, we should, all, we should all bear fruit that points to Christ. Amen. We should all have this stuff that, that, that oozes out of us that other people see and they go, man, something's different about them. Something's different about them. That they, they know something that I don't know. That they, they've got something that I want. And as adults, as leaders, I just want to encourage everybody to man, bear that fruit in front of your kids. Be a leader for your kids. Go to your kids. Tell, show your kids what loving God really looks like. Amen. Help us be a leader. I mean, figure out what they're looking at on their cell phones. I don't want to write any of y'all kids out. I'm not trying to get y'all in trouble or nothing. <laughs> but I just know that sometimes loving people and doing what's best for people is really telling them that they're wrong. That telling them that what you're doing is completely wrong. Sometimes that, that's the most loving thing you can do for somebody else is, is say, hey, you're off track. Hey, you're better than this. You don't need to be doing this. This is hurting your character. This is hurting your reputation. That sometimes loving people is really telling them you're wrong. And you know that seems so backwards to all of society today. And I don't want to get on some giant political rant. Lord knows I could. But I'm not going to. But all of, it's, it's, it's in all parts of our society today that, oh, accept them. Equality. Love people. It's about race. It's about gender. It's about what, it's what, make, do what makes you feel good. Do, you, need to, you need to accept them for who they are. They want to be this. And you're, you're, you're oppressing them. You're this. You're that. And it makes me so frustrated 
Because we take spiritual problems and we give them worldly answers and we think that that's going to fix them. That we, that we have a spiritual problem in this country. You know, I don't think there's that big of a race problem. I don't think there's that big of a, of a gender problem. I don't think there's that big of... There's an identity problem because we try to find our identity and things that it's not what we are. It's things that we couldn't be. We try to find our identity in all these things, but our identity, our true purpose can only be found in Jesus Christ. Amen. Our true identity, who you really are, what you're ever going to be, your whole life's purpose can only be found in Jesus Christ. Amen. And if nobody gets anything out of this message, I hope that you get that. It's that our identity is found in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said in John 14:6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come unto the Father but through Me. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. You know, there's this stuff, there's this theories, and there's this education going around that truth is very controversial, that it's very debatable. And it, it really just makes me mad because it's, it's like 2 plus 2 equals 4. Well, actually... No, it don't. No, it, it does. Truth is, is truth. And, and Jesus said... I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And, and that's not something I'm willing to, I'm not going to debate about, I'm not going to give ground on. If it's wrong, then it's wrong. If it's right, if it's right. And if it's Jesus, it is the truth. And if Jesus said it, it must be true. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 1, the Bible says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, and he had him stand on the highest point of the temple. And he said, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, that they will lift you up with their hands, so that your foot will not strike against the stone. And Jesus answered, It is also written, Do not put your Lord, your God, to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world with all their splendor. And he said, all this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. And I just wanted, I wanted to make a couple points here talking about temptation. Because, you know, temptation is something that we all go through. Temptation, I don't care. I mean, I, I can't speak because I'm not 70. But I figure when I'm 70, I'll still have temptation. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. Anybody? There's still temptations. And I, I can testify as a young person, I still have a lot of temptation. I deal with a lot of temptation. That there's a lot of temptations. And I just wanted to point out how Jesus dealt with temptation. That the Bible says that Satan come to him and notice that he didn't, he didn't come to him when he was up and up and on the good and good, but he actually come to him when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible says that Jesus was hungry. 
So Jesus was in, he was in a weak place. He wasn't in a very good mindset. He was, he was in a weak physical form. And the Bible says that the tempter came to him and he, he began to tempt him. And every single time that Satan tempted Jesus, he responded by quoting Scripture. And you know, the only way that I'm ever going to respond to a temptation with Scripture is if I actually know the Scripture. So there, there's got to be a little self-responsibility that if I'm going to ever uh, a battle temptation, if, I, if I'm ever going to break a bad habit, if I'm ever going to get over some kind of sin problem, that I'm going to have to face the sin problem head on, and I'm going to have to get into the Word of God, and I'm going to have to seek God, and I'm going to have to know what the Bible says about that temptation. Amen. That when the tempter comes against me, when Satan comes against me, I can quote Scripture, and I, I can battle against that temptation. That through Christ you can win. And so, I want, I want to go to the last part. And it says, again, the devil, verse 8, it says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world with all of their splendor. And notice that it says the devil took him there. That the, the devil had took him there. Well, I think sometimes we're not aware that who's in the driver's seat of our life. You know, we just get on airplane mode and we just go coasting through life and we just get into the routines and we just get into the same old patterns and then we just get in, you know, it's not really like, I mean, we're just, it's kind of like driving. You know, I've got to drive to Russellville all the time to go to college and I'll be driving up there and I'll just all of a sudden come to myself and, and I've drove like an hour and a half and I don't know how I've got here. Like I couldn't tell you one thing I passed. I probably passed 15 people and I couldn't tell you what they look like or nothing. And, you know, I'm just on, on airplane mode, just driving. And I think we do this spiritually as we just get into these routines. And I think you can come to church every single Sunday. You can come to every single Wednesday night and still be living in a life of sin. Not really engaged to what's going on. Not really aware of all that Christ has done for you. Just living in absolute chains and, and, and living in sin and being bound up and going through these temptations and, and just on airplane mode, not even realizing that Satan is the one taking you here. You know, the Bible says he was tempted here and, and, he, and Jesus was standing on this very high mountain and he said, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. And then the Bible says, Then the devil left him and angels came and attended to him. But notice it, it didn't say that Jesus just kept standing up on the high mountain. Me and AJ were talking, and I was. this was a political talk. He'll probably think this. He thought it was funny, but it was actually a pretty good point. We were talking, and I, I was talking about term limits. I'm a big term limits guy. I think that we need term limits. And I was saying how every politician, I don't care how good of a human being you are or what kind of intentions you go in with, you will become corrupt in a certain amount of time. It, it's inevitable. It will happen. That was, that was what I was telling him, and I was saying that, and I said, I mean, look at Jesus. He got took up on the high place and he was tempted by the devil and Jesus rebuked him, but the Bible don't say he just stood there and looked. No, he climbed down. He got out of there. He didn't just stand up there and look. And, and I was saying that it's the same way with politicians. You know, they get up to Washington and then they stay up there. Well, they've got good intentions for four years, but all them lobbyists and all that money come in, you just stay there, stay there, stay there. It's going to get to you. And it's the same way with our spiritual lives. We put temptation in front of our faces all day long, every day, and then we wonder why we can't beat a spiritual problem. 
And, and, and I know this is true for our kids, is that we, we look at this, we look at this, and we've got eight hours of screen time, and then we wonder why we're struggling with pornography. Or we wonder why we're struggling with coveting other people's stuff. We wonder why that we want everything in the world. And all we do is feed our spiritual body with this. That we're just constantly looking at temptation all day long, 24-7. What do you expect to happen? If you only feed your spiritual self with this, and you're never feeding it with this, what do you expect to happen? How good of a person could you possibly be? We can't stand and look at temptation. But what we've got to do is fix our eyes and our thoughts on Jesus Christ. Amen. Colossians 3.2 says, Set your minds on things above, Amen. not on earthly things. That I should, have, I should never have eight hours of screen time on a cell phone. That if I, if I just had two hours of, of, of paper time in this Bible, if I just had two hours where I was praying to God, where I was seeking God, maybe that's not realistic. Maybe if I just took ten minutes a day and sincerely with all of my heart sought after God and got into my Word and just read and then just prayed, God, show me what You want me to see. God, make me hungry and thirsty for righteousness. For blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Amen. That God, just give me a pure heart. Help my intentions to be pure. Help my mind to be pure, God. Help me to see You. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I want our church, and I want our community, I want our nation to get back to God. Amen. To get some sincere intentions about this God. To, to look at our kids and say, you know what? They're worth fighting for. Amen. That maybe I'm going to have to deny myself. Maybe I'm going to have to put down some of my wants and some of, the, some of the things I like to do and get into my Word of God and really seek God so that I can be a light to others. That, that the suicide rate in our kids is higher now than it's ever been. We have all these problems in our country. All these spiritual problems. And we've, all, we've got all these worldly answers. And it blows my mind to see these worldly answers thrown around on social media by Christians. And we repost it. Somebody gives a worldly answer to a spiritual problem and we, and we repost it. Man, what we need is Jesus. What we need is the church to be the church. What we need is God's people to put on the armor of God and to go out and, and start fighting some of these battles and start being an example for those, start being a light to those who are in darkness and show our kids who Jesus really is. Amen. AJ, if you'll come. Amen. You know, I think that a lot of us are really concerned with what other people think. And I am to a point, but it, 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 it's more of a society problem. I don't, I don't think it's a necessarily our community problem. But we're so concerned with what other people think. And there was actually a verse in, in the Bible app. I usually read in my Bible every night on my phone. And there's a verse in the Bible app this week that was the verse of the day, and it was Proverbs 29, 25. And it said, Fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Amen. You know, fear of man will prove to be a snare. In the end, it will not matter. Amen. That you can, you can have a fear of man and, and it's not, it's not, it's not going to amount to nothing. What other people think of you, it's never going to amount to absolutely anything. 
But it says, whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. I read this verse this morning. And it's something that Jesus said in John 15, 16, and 17. Jesus is speaking. He said, You did not choose Me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. You know, we didn't ever choose Jesus, but Jesus chose you. Man, and that gets me, that gets me excited and, and that gets me motivated and that does something in my spirit. It's that I never chose God. No, but He come and found me in my sin and in my problems and all the stuff I was going through. He sought me out. And He said, you know what? I've got a better plan for your life. That He come, he, I didn't choose Him, but He chose me. And, and the Bible says that He appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit fruit that will last. Then he goes on to say in the next verse, he says, this is my command. Love each other. Man, I want to be a lot to these kids and I want to be a lot to all of the world. And to do that, we've got to love God. We've got to love people. And sometimes loving, loving don't mean accepting. Loving oftentimes means telling the truth. Tell them what nobody else will tell them, but if you really love somebody, you'll tell them the truth. The truth is Jesus. We need Jesus. If y'all stand with me. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't want to close out with giving somebody an opportunity to pray, but if anybody wants to pray for any reason, consider these altars open.